Welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast. I also, am, hi. <laughs> I am Alan, I was the host. Say salute, the, but I forgot. What's that? I was going to say salute. Oh, but then you forgot. Yeah, well, it came to me the other day. I'm Alan, the, uh, <laughs> the host of this podcast, Master of Ceremonies and whatnot. There are two other uh, of the rabble that have joined me <laughs> today. Uh-huh. I'm management. I'm you know trying to keep this ship uh, <laughs> afloat. While these two are doing Mm -hmm. their best to do as little as possible, but still collect their paycheck. Correct. (laughs) And I will earn every penny that you give me. (laughs) So in case you're penny more. (laughs) (laughs) In case you're curious, this is, uh, of course, Brent and Ski joining me as always. Uh, Today we're going to be doing uh, Season 4, Episode 15 of Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. uh, With uh, Ski doing the recap and us doing our normal format. um, With, of Mm -hmm. course, coming up with our MVPs and... Given this a uh, rating out of eight slices of cheesecake at the end. Um, before we kick off, though, we did have a, a couple messages. Now, it's been a few weeks since our last recording session. So, like I've always told you guys, we look at everything that you send us. We try to comment on it. And I reply to all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or one of us replies to all of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, you may not hear mentioned on the podcast for anywhere from four to eight weeks after <laughs> you send us sometimes. <laughs> it even depends on longer. when we get, uh, get together. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, uh, but this is an important one. I felt like because oh, nice. uh, we got one from Noomi, oh, nice. of course, our, our one of our very top good to hear top from listeners, the Noomster. <laughs> and she said, uh, "What's the best way to celebrate one's birthday? A new episode of Sophia's Choice with you three and slices of apple and cake." Nice! Uh, wow! So, so happy birthday, Noomi! I know yeah. th- at this point, this is you know well in arrears that you're mm-hmm. hearing this, but uh, still, you know, we we celebrate your birthday even if we're a very eight happy to ten belated. weeks late. Yes. On it. <laughs> so, so of course, I did reply. You know, happy birthday. Yeah. Happy um, birthday! Did she give a year? Like no, she she didn't mention how old that she how old she is. I did give her a little bit of a hard time for the apple slices <laughs> as a birthday treat, oh, um, yeah. but she did say that to her defense, they were dipped into a gotcha. caramel or other. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Are, I like those. Are apples native to Sweden or are they imported? I, I didn't ask, and I nor did I look up their GDP or <laughs> their. It <laughs> <laughs> seems like the kind of thing you'd have to import, <laughs> like it's delicacy over uh, there. You think so? Yeah, I don't know. I. I have no idea what uh, their climate is or if it's a hospitable climate to growing apples. <laughs> I don't think apples are that difficult to uh, to grow. Yeah, but, I mean, you think Johnny Appleseed made it all the way <laughs> over there? <laughs> well, where did he get the apple seeds from in the first place? How do we know that he didn't bring them from Sweden, you know, the, if I, along the way? If I remember my uh, eighth grade history correctly, it was uh, George Washington Carver. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we should have put that on the uh, <laughs> on the quiz. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we also got for the first time ever, we got an email. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Tammy Becker sent us an email. Uh, thank um, you, Tammy. Letting us know that uh, she was almost finished with season two, so it'll be a long time till Tammy hears our acknowledgement. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. but I still appreciate it. Yeah. Did you um, email her back? What's yeah, of course I did. Well, then it and won't be that long. Yeah, she heard directly back, but it'll just be a long time until she hears it. On, on here, yeah. Out loud. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that uh, that her uh, wife and I watch Golden Girls pretty much every night mm-hmm. before going to sleep, and they know each episode pretty well. In all honesty, they probably know it better than we do. Sounds <laughs> like it, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that uh, she can't wait to hear her favorite episode, but it's uh, ways down the road in season seven. So, oh, so yeah, it'll be a while until she hears our acknowledgement here uh-huh. on the uh, podcast, and an even longer time until she yeah. hears her favorite episode, but... We'll get there. You say she just finished season two or just started season two? She said she was finishing season two. Gotcha. So, so she's already watched she season one. Yeah. Almost you know what finished. that means. What's that? Yeah, she's, she's oh, seen adult education. That's right. <laughs> and so we've already got her listen counted and still, exactly. <laughs> still it hasn't hit 90. <laughs> so, um, Unless they knew about that one in advance. Like, yeah, let's not listen to that one. That's <laughs> right, not worth skipped it. skipped right over it. <laughs> um, Nothing I good am. can come of that. Um, Thank you, Timmy. Um, yeah, and she... Said to keep up the great work. Um, okay. Oh, and she also did mention that she she said she's no Numi from Sweden, but she is uh, an international listener, a listener from Toronto. Oh, nice. Very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, Canada, we actually get a pretty decent number of listens from Canada, but I think this is the first time, at least that I've known of, uh-huh. that anybody from uh, from our, you know, the great north has uh, yeah. has sent us a message. I don't remember. Do you guys, have either of you ever been to Canada? I have. Mm-hmm. I thought you had, yeah. Have yeah. You? yeah, I went when I was younger with my mom. She was dating a guy um, from Canada. I think Toronto, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a very ser- fairly serious relationship, but I think essentially it came down to that he would have wanted her to move to Canada mm. to be with him and 
all of her family and everything was here. So mm-hmm. that was a, an awkward trip because we went and we had a great time. And, you know, he took us around and showed us various things. Mm-hmm. Um, but Give then, you the hard sell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really did. And then, but then on the way back, I remember my mom crying on the plane because she had basically ended the relationship. I had bought two it, souvenirs while I was there, one for her and one for my grandma. And I remember I was like, oh, well, here, I bought this for you, you know, trying to make her feel uh-huh. better. And then she's like, can I have the one you got for grandma instead? <laughs> I was like, sure. It's fine. Um, Constant reminder. Yeah. Thanks, son. <laughs> the, um, well, like, good for him. Mm. For, like, you know, putting forth the effort and giving yeah. the guy a hard sell and everything like right. that. It kind of makes you wonder, like, if he was truly committed, you know, maybe he could have, like, you know, broken your leg and, yeah. you, and used the socialized medicine. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I don't know what, because this would have been, I guess I would have been, Single digits, I think, or maybe right around 10, because this is before my sister was born, and I was 12 when she was born. Yeah, I don't think and so I, I remember any stories about this either. Yeah, and we've so. known each other forever, basically. Mm-hmm. So I don't He's know how. his girlfriend from Canada <laughs> that he met? Oh, I mean, <laughs> the supermodel, yeah. Uh, well, you even saying that, that brings up one of my favorite um, stories for Ski, uh, <laughs> is that... Now, listen, most guys, I don't know about most, but a lot of guys, at mm-hmm. least, are guilty of, uh, you know, making up some stories about the mm-hmm. relations that they've had in Slight the past. embellishments. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember Ski telling us for the longest time that he had had sex when he was younger and that it was with the girl that he met before he came to our school, which was St. Simon. Which was like 11. I was yeah, like, yeah, it was sixth grade when he came to St. Simon. So this was a girl he had met yeah. then. Um, and he held that lie for, I don't know, six seven years at least and he held that lie until he finally had uh-huh. <laughs> and then he was like okay i really have now <laughs> and, and well i mean one. we were such close friends yeah. you would have known if it happened in the time we knew each other <laughs> well right exactly so and i was you saw how much of a nerd i was back then <laughs> yeah. i mean you were like yeah no i mean i lied about it i remember at one point uh, our friend lance lied about it at mm-hmm. one point uh, james i don't think ever did no and nor, did, did. nor did our friend danny so mm-hmm. it's not every guy Exactly. I, I sit him down with my Rand McNally and I point out all the states that I've boned. <laughs> like, yeah, you probably got siblings all over this great nation of ours. Daddy exactly. just doesn't know. Johnny Appleseed got nothing on me. Right. <laughs> but you, you never, uh, you never no. made up tall tales of uh, intimacy when you were a child. Mm-mm, no, I think, but I didn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> Good follow-up. If anything, I went the other way and lied and said, well, I was eight when I started. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's a reason you defend Professor Cooper so hard. (laughs) And I always thought it was because you wanted to be on his side of things, but now I'm thinking that maybe it's because you were on the other side of the equation. (laughs) I was the Mario Lopez in that situation. (laughs) So, but no, I never, never did. Good for you. One other it's, last. It's one oh. of those things that I guess, I don't know. No, go for it. No, nah, I don't know. I got nothing else, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you have a tendency to do that. You start a story, then you think better of it, and then usually you end up relenting and telling you know, the story. Exactly. Anyway. Sometimes, um, you know, like the anecdote part of my brain mm-hmm. gets ahead of the part of my brain that can calculate the statute of limitations. <laughs> 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 I, I got to say, you do show remarkable constraint, though. Like, <laughs> you, you. you catch yourself. I don't know. I mean, there could be many, many stories that we never hear that are right on the tip of your tongue. Like, eh, nah. <laughs> I've got to save some gold for season seven. Right, <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think Brent's not a man that I would think has broken the law, especially not in that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would but, agree. I'm just saying. But I've heard some stories here and there that I'm sure will be interesting. You know, maybe one day he'll tell us the tale of his friend getting his eyebrows blown off or <laughs> <laughs> things like that. But you guys will have to continue tuning in if you want to hear all the tales of Brent. Um, but anyway, one other little piece of news to mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some other interactions, but we'll we'll save them for mm-hmm. a, a future episode. Yeah. Um, but. Oh, one, two other. I will give you one other interaction now. Uh, okay. Mario did hear the episode that you named him MVP, and nice. he appreciated that. Nice. So I You're thought welcome, that was cool. Very cool. And then uh, we have we got a listen. Not from, Lopez, right? Not Lopez. No, <laughs> Herrera, <laughs> I believe. Um, and then we got a listen from Alaska. So number forty-nine of fifty. Nice. So that's pretty awesome. So nice. we're down to just Hawaii, and then we'll have all fifty of the United States. Nice. We knocked out the contiguous states mm-hmm. fairly early. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we've been struggling to get those other two, but mm-hmm. finally got one in Alaska. So if anybody has a trip planned to Hawaii, by all means, 
pop on an episode <laughs> while you're there uh, yeah. on the you know exactly any of the islands so we can get that 50th checked off yeah. or if you happen to know how VPNs work <laughs> right <laughs> Hawaiian VPN that's right yeah <laughs> yeah if you want to boost our numbers through any means necessary we uh, uh-huh. yeah we appreciate it but yeah. well, welcome Alaska mm-hmm. um, Alaska, there's a fish song called Alaska oh really it's, it's a decent song have you do you know of any fish songs that you feel offhand or garbage songs um you know they have a song they do not I, frequently i guess i don't know how you would describe it or whatever maybe like every 12th 13th show or something like that um they'll do a song called lawn boy and i just don't much care for that one. Oh, okay um, i don't think i've heard of lawn boy yeah it just i don't know i don't just not a big fan now granted I'm not nearly as familiar with them as they, you are, but mm-hmm. I probably have heard most of their hits, mm-hmm. like most of their yeah. bigger songs, bigger names, like yeah. in Bathtub Gin or something. Yeah, yeah. That's a great one. One of my best friends at a place I'm working now, actually, but mm-hmm. it was many, many years back. He actually died in a uh, car wreck, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a huge Fish fan. In mm-hmm. fact, that's the guy I went to concerts with, yeah. with mm-hmm. and uh, one of the songs they played at his funeral was Bathtub Gin. <laughs> Good choice. So yeah, I don't have any fish, uh, any fish anecdotes, but <laughs> I will say the one per we've gotten one listen from Alaska, so I doubt that person stuck it out and continued through. Maybe it was one of our you know regular listeners uh-huh. who who happened to on for some reason checking yeah. out Denali National Park. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Maybe they were getting ready for the or Iditarod. State Park. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but um, I think so it's I, national. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And I do think if I'm if my calculations are correct, I think this episode will be dropping on November 29th. Oh, so I hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. And here in just a few days, uh, Ski will be having his uh, 43rd birthday. So yeah, before our true. next episode, Ski will be a 43-year-old man mm-hmm. and a grandpa, grizzled and racist as always. Yeah. So so why you got the <laughs> racist in there, man? Uh, some people are like, I don't know, that mm-hmm. ch- that's Ski. <laughs> so, so your birthday's late October? Uh, December 1st. Oh, December 1st. Got, oh, yeah. So this will be, yeah, gotcha. November 29th is when this will air. Okay. Um, and so then December, by the time our next one rolls out, Ski will have turned 43. Gotcha. So if you, if you want to send Ski a happy birthday message, I'm sure he'd appreciate it as well. And Mr. Mr. Allen is not uh, but a month and a half behind yeah, not me. Not too far. But well, almost two months, technically. Yeah, we'll get around to that one when he comes. You're a January baby? Yeah, January 29th. <laughs> so. But anyway, so with that, that's all the little bits of news that I'm going to share for right now. Okay. Uh, so, Ski, if you want to kick us off, we're ready to go. All right. Uh, season 4, episode 15, uh, entitled Valentine's Day. Original air date was February 11th, 1989, which will be right before Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Kathy Spear, Terry Grossman, Barry Finero, and Mort Nathan. And directed, of course, by Terry Hughes. Uh, we open in the kitchen. We see uh, Dorothy and Sophia are sitting at the table, and Dorothy is eating chocolates from a heart-shaped box, very Valentine-specific. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sophia asks her uh, what she's got because she's looking at the different types of chocolates. Mm-hmm. Dorothy responds that she's not quite sure that the center is white like it's coconut, but there's a red ring on the outside. Uh, Sophia explains that, oh, the red is her lipstick. She just does not like coconut, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I felt was weird because wouldn't she have had to have bitten into it to find out it was coconut not to like it? Yeah, I would think so. You'd but think Dorothy would have recognized that. Yeah, I would think so, too. <laughs> but Dorothy gets very irate at the thought that she's eating something that was just previously in her mom's mouth. Because you would have to, because to know it was coconut, you'd have to get into it. You couldn't just pop it in your mouth. You'd and only <laughs> taste the chocolate <laughs> you know, on the outside, right? Marinate for a minute before <laughs> putting it back in the mouth. <laughs> and then it would have been covered in your saliva, <laughs> yeah. so... Uh, but Sophia tells her to calm down and reminds her that, you know, hey, she breastfed her for the first two years of her life. Uh, Sophia tells her not Which to means be. She's had something in her mouth that Sal had. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Assumably. Assumably. <laughs> uh, Sophia tells her that uh, not to be mean and that uh, just because uh, her date d- dumped her on Valentine's Day, uh, Dorothy contests that she was not dumped and states that her uh, date, Edgar, and his lawyer were called out of town on business. Uh, Sophia points out that, you know, he sells bird baths and asks what kind of business he'd be attending to. Yeah, I think she said he was getting sued or something, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, just then, Rose walks in the kitchen also and explains that her date, Raymond, has uh, the flu and won't be able to take her to the Valentine's Day dance. And assumes that, you know, I guess I'll just have to hang out with Dorothy for the night. Dorothy kind of uh, protests, like, what makes you think I have no date? <laughs> even though she didn't. Right. <laughs> when Sophia makes a snide comment, Dorothy tries to force feed her some uh, of the chocolates. <laughs> uh, then Blanche comes in to show off her... Uh, 
fancy Valentine's Day outfit. When she asks Dorothy and Rose where their dates are and when they'll be picking them up, Dorothy explains that they don't have dates. Blanche seems highly upset for them, mm -hmm. uh, but then tells them, you know, hey, keep your spirits up. The phone then rings. Blanche's date, Steve, uh, had called to cancel their date. And then she uh, tells them she hates him and to drop dead and slams the phone down. Devastated, she uh, sits at the table and says that, you know, it's the worst uh, day of her life because it's always the drama with her. Right. Uh, Sophia says that there are worse things that could happen. And Rose asks if she's ever had uh, uh, Valentine's Day without a date. But Sophia reassures her that she's never had a problem getting male suitors. Yeah. And I think the, the, the quote is that, uh, please, until I was 80, I was combing geezers out of my blue rents. <laughs> <laughs> she then starts a story about uh, a previous Valentine's Day from many years ago when she was driving across country with Sal and her father. Right. We flash back. We see Sal pushing a car into the Chicago garage, and it's like an old-timey car. Everyone is bundled up as the car has no roof, and it's February. Yeah. Uh, Sal opens up the hood uh, to check out the engine. Sophia's father and Sal kind of bicker back and forth over the cause of the car problems. Sophia, uh, Sophia's father brings up the fact that he said that he was, you know, going nowhere when they met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like there's a part where she tells him, like, Papa, he's trying his best. And maybe one of my favorite lines is in the dad's like, and that doesn't scare you? Yeah. <laughs> you just ruined my next line. That oh, was I'm my... sorry, I didn't mean to step on that. It's but... quite all right. It's quite all right. <laughs> Actually, I guess it's like two lines from now. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> a mechanic does come in to greet them, but informs them that, you know, that he's headed to lunch right now, and there's uh, mm. the garage has three jobs ahead of them since mm -hmm. they just came in. I like the fact that he's just hardcore about his lunch, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah hey, he's, yeah, we got uh, three jobs, but I got to go eat, guys. Sounds like a union, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sal pays him $2 to borrow his uh, tools while he's at lunch. Mm -hmm. uh, Sophia asks you know, what he plans to do with the tools, as he's not particularly mechanical. And again, her dad continues to berate Sal. Sophia tells him, hey, he's trying his best. And he responds with, and that doesn't scare you, <laughs> which was my favorite line of the episode. It's a good line. Uh, she talks to her father and admits that, you know, he's not much to look at and he isn't a great provider, but she loves him because of the small things. Her dad yeah. heads to the bathroom. Sophia asks Sal if he's having any luck, and he says, well, not really. She tells him that he's cold, tired, and hungry. And then he uh, reaches in the car and pulls out a box of uh, chocolate that he had hidden mm -hmm. and tells her, oh, happy Valentine's Day. And because they've been traveling, she didn't even realize what day it was, but tells him that that's one of the small things that he does that makes her love him so much. They hug, and Sophia's dad then runs back in the garage quite a hurry, telling the couple that it's time to head out. Mm -hmm. uh, in the background, we hear like a loud noise of right. machine gun fire. Her father quickly explains that he went to pee against a wall because he couldn't find the bathroom. And all of a sudden, a bunch of men were lined up against the same wall, and he was told to scram. And then when he saw someone had a machine gun, he decided to take that advice and get out of there. I like when he said that. You know, he'd beat against better odds <coughs> than that. <laughs> right? Uh, he heard uh, that we didn't hear more gunfire. And Sal pushes the car out of the garage saying that he saw another garage nearby. Right. Yeah, and then I think, uh, well, I mean, I guess you can go on. But, but you know, then they go back to the, the kitchen at that point, And, you know, it, it's brought up that basically Sophia's alluding to the fact that she would have been at um, – the Valentine's Day Massacre, uh -huh. which I think that's at least the second time that they uh -huh. mentioned the Valentine's it Day is, Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently that's a, a favorite of one of the writers uh -huh. in there. <laughs> and that's actually the second time I believe that she claimed that she was there. Right. Which I actually is one of the very few times something they say before correlates to something they say later. Yeah, that's true. So. <laughs> <laughs> For some continuity. Consistency. <laughs> right? And intentional or not, I right. think. <laughs> Uh, that tell you Even that to stop clocks right twice a day, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, that tell you that me and James went to the uh, the Mob Museum when we went to Vegas. I don't think so. Uh, one of the Fun. things we did, uh, they've got the downtown Vegas, which is like, yeah. yeah. Have you both been to Las Vegas before? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been uh, a while. You got to Fremont Street, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, at the end of Fremont Street uh, is the old courthouse, okay. right? Mm -hmm. And they've transformed it into the Mob Museum. Mm -hmm. And we actually only saw it there because we were looking for a place to park because mm -hmm. uh, he had found that there was a, a pretty good priced like, uh, pizza place down there. Oh, okay. And, of course, everything in Vegas is super expensive. And, uh, honestly, the pizza meal was probably my favorite of the entire trip we were there. It was really good. <laughs> but uh, we parked uh, at the end of Fremont Street at the Mob Museum uh, parking lot. And they said, well, it's you know for paying customers. And I was like, well, 
let's get tickets. Mm-hmm. I said, that'd be fun, you know. Mm-hmm. So we went and we did uh, dinner, and then we spent a few hours in the mom museum. It was really awesome. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, what I was getting up to is they actually have a bunch of bricks from the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, mm-hmm. and they have recreated the wall. Oh, really? Where the guys got shot up and has a little story about it. Did they have a little urine stain there at the bottom from uh I didn't see that. that. I didn't say <laughs> now, there's obviously some bricks missing from mm-hmm. the actual wall. that You can tell it's like felt, oh, okay. <laughs> but it's made to look like a pretty realistic wall. That's pretty cool. It was really neat, and you could see where the bullets had impacted and the bricks and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'd definitely be uh, open to checking that out if uh, whenever. It's, it's a pretty cool place. I mean, the last time I went to Vegas was probably it was before the kids were born, um, so probably 15 years ago, 16 years ago, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I would definitely be open to going back, and that seems like well, a fun attraction. I'd gone there for just a one day thing. Me and Nicole, I'll say one, mm-hmm. a free trip. It was just basically we were there for less than 24 hours. Oh wow! So we, but but the trip included airfare there and back. Mm-hmm. So we're like, yeah, we got to do it, right? Right. <laughs> So we went there. We were there for just a short time, mostly during the day, which there's less to do there, yeah. and then head home the next morning. <laughs> then the time before that that I'd been there was with James again. Yeah. And so this was, ironically, the 21st anniversary of our 21st birthday when we went. Oh, really? And it was in 2021. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Math. It's fun. Math. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good time. Oh, I'm glad that you had a good time. Yeah. So, and, I, and I'm glad that you actually saw something relevant to our episode today. Yeah. <laughs> so that works out very nicely. <laughs> I think from now on, all of our vacations should revolve around finding something we can bring back to the podcast. Agreed. If we really Agreed. care about our listeners, that's mm-hmm. what we owe them. Okay. <laughs> I look forward to you taking me to Space Mountain. <laughs> uh, let's see. My next trip is going to be to Seattle and Vancouver. Um, and that'll be here in like four months. So I'll have to try to see if I can find something <laughs> Golden Girls related or at least related to an episode. You're going to Seattle in March? Uh-huh. Yep. Huh. Into March. Very into March, into April. Because um, it's the kids' spring break. Gotcha. So we're just looking for something different to do. And yeah. so we, um, March, March 23rd, is that a Saturday? I, I think so. Because I feel like the 30th is the Saturday that they start their spring break. So. Gotcha. Uh, we're going to be in Seattle on March 23rd. Oh, really? It's crazy. Yeah. Ah. Um, but it... Like, I got us concert tickets and everything like that. And um, now the wife's saying that she doesn't think she's going to be ready to fly after oh, all. So. Just uh, COVID concerns? Yeah. Oh, yeah. just drive. It's only like 30 hours, right? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, maybe she'll change her mind. I don't know. Oh, I hope so. I hope in the next. Well, you never know. I mean, in the next. Uh, or I'm bus. For us. Bus seems like a safer alternative. <laughs> yes. <laughs> recycled air is much better when it's closer to the ground. Well, that yeah. and how long would a bus take? Like oh. five days? Yeah. yeah. At least. Yeah, Sherry and I, we took a bus when, when our friend Lance got married to uh, his first wife. We took a bus because we were, you know, poor mm-hmm. college-age kids and um, took a bus to Washington, D.C. Or Yeah, they, they got just married outside. In, yeah, Virginia. exactly. Yeah. And, uh, oh, God, that was an awful experience. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you got to use it to get somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, I hope it's a good one for you. But yeah. like, my sister doesn't drive, um, and she doesn't like to fly. Um, so she takes the bus back and forth from Memphis to Indianapolis. Oh, really? And it's like a nine-hour drive, but the bus is like 14 hours or something like that. It's actually not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, but like this most recent, um, last weekend, she was taking the bus back down, and she made it as far as Nashville, Tennessee. And <coughs> ostensibly, she would have had like three hours to go, mm-hmm. except the bus driver for that part of the section didn't show up oh and so it took him like six hours to find oh, a substitute no. bus driver oh, to now is she not does she not drive at all or Correct. just doesn't drive yeah. long distance yeah she doesn't have her license or anything oh, okay so. i'd like to hear the story behind that sometime <laughs> <laughs> it just seems does she have like epilepsy is there any kind yeah. of like medical reason she doesn't yeah she um her vision's not good enough oh okay so That'd be that'd be really tough, especially because I know your dad's been sick for a while. Mm-hmm. So I imagine she's had to come back and forth mm-hmm. several times. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, gosh, that would be uh, mm-hmm. arduous to say the least. It would be, but I'd like to say that you know it's arduousness of her own making oh. because you know because her bad eyesight is her own fault. No, because you know, <laughs> she, if she would have you know picked a better husband, oh. <laughs> he could and he does drive. Oh, okay. Um, and he's unemployed, oh. so he has no reason why he couldn't drive. Oh, and they're still and together. Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that is kind of sad. That's... Yeah. So he's he's a piece of work. Yeah. Are they listeners? 
Oh, I can't imagine. No. <laughs> so, so we can like badmouth his bad husbandry and yeah, absolutely. No, no, not gonna cause you any undue. Correct. <laughs> now, listen though, listeners, if you happen to be in Tennessee, know a nearsighted woman <laughs> who has a, a <laughs> shitty husband. You know, let's not cause family drama. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. 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 If you do, you know, don't start none, won't be none. That's my motto. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I still think it's a little bit of a, a stretch to <laughs> blame her problems on her poor matchmaking skills. Um, <laughs> well, that runs in the family, I guess. <laughs> well, so is this her first husband? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. she just needs to get on to number three, and then she'll find the good one. Exactly. <laughs> so. Oh, well, well, I'll keep my fingers crossed <laughs> for, for you know, her eventual, uh, mm-hmm. you know, eventually Upgrade. finding a man. Yeah, Upgrade. exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Uh, so uh, back to it. We, we do, like you said, flash forward, and Dorothy refutes the storytelling by her mother that, you know, she was certainly not at the St. Valentine's Day massacre. Sophia, though, protests that, you know, she wasn't necessarily at the famous event, but was at maybe a lesser massacre. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's always sad when your massacre gets overshadowed by another massacre <laughs> right. that's even bigger, and it's like, oh, you know, come on, so can't brag as much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blanche suggests that they not uh, simply sit around eating chocolates as she eats the final piece of chocolate, <laughs> right. and that they do con- something constructive with their time. And then Rose suggests that they have ice cream too. Mm-hmm. Blanche very excitedly likes the idea and uh, tells Rose to go get it, as you know she's too weak from disappointment. Rose says that you know she's disappointed too. But then Dorothy backs up uh, Blanche and agrees that you know, she should go get the ice cream. Rose asks why they're ganging up on her. And Dorothy explains that they're both in bad moods. And uh, they're trying not to think about what she did to them last Valentine's Day. Um, Rose says, you know, you guys promised never to bring that up. Mm. Sophia doesn't remember what happened, uh, citing her advanced age. And tells them to remind her what happened. Blanche begins to tell a story about a short vacation to uh, a mountain lodge retreat that they mm. had the year before. Yeah. It was the year before, right? Yeah, I believe I so. so. Um, the girls walk into, uh, oh, we flash back. The girls walk into a picturesque kind of lodge area and talk about how nice it looks. And Blanche reminisces about making love on the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. Dorothy says the closest she ever got was atop a fat man called Old Smokey. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> that, was a, that was a runner-up line for mine. Uh, they ring the bell at the reception desk, and then a naked man comes up to greet them. At the same time, another nude man comes up from behind and takes their bags. The girls were, of course, uh, surprised by this. The host, realizing that the girls were alarmed, informs them that uh, the retreat is clothing optional. Right. Uh, they look over at Rose as she was the one that made the reservations. <laughs> I think she even says, don't look at me. And they like, well, you made the reservations. Like, I know, but don't look at me. <laughs> Dorothy explains that uh, they didn't know <laughs> about the uh, specific accommodations and would like to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, the host, however, apologizes and tells them that, you know, hey, they're, they're at least stuck here for the night as the bus does not travel back down the mountain until morning. All right. Uh, Dorothy tells the, uh, the bag boy that go ahead and point their way to the room. <laughs> Delighted, Blanche says, oh, good, it's on the second floor. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I guess your hands were full. <laughs> but it, it doesn't seem like under the circumstances you'd just have an erection going all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did think it was funny that that whole exchange with the uh, the bellhop or whatever you'd call the guy, um, uh-huh. I thought was pretty funny because yeah. he's like, "Excuse me, where would you like me to put this?" And Blanche's like, "Oh, buy me a drink and we'll talk." <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, "I'm sorry, just hold on to it." Them, the bags. Ha <laughs> 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 I thought it was a really yeah, that was one of Blanche's best best bits of the entire episode. You're probably right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like them. Fact that they were on the second floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they get to the room and Dorothy is uh, berating Ra- uh, Rose for misunderstanding the brochure, which does not specifically say that it's a nudist camp, mm. but it's fairly clear in yeah. some of the uh, innuendo. Meanwhile, Blanche is uh, gawking out the window at a guy playing volleyball. She calls Dorothy over to see, and uh, she kind of agrees that he's uh, impressive. They uh, begin to discuss the oddity of the situation, but admit that the more he sees some naked people, the less odd it seems. <laughs> they all decide to cast away their inhibitions uh, and get naked and have a good time. Right. Next thing you see, the girls are coming down the stairs, shielded by a large sheet, and heading to the dining hall. Uh, then they throw off the sheet, but immediately cover themselves with conveniently placed mm-hmm. uh, large uh, heart-shaped signs in the lobby. I think it said... 
Valentine's Day dinner or something, right? Right. Uh, they admit that uh, they can't go through the entire meal holding these giant signs and throw those down as well and walk into the dining hall. Uh, then they immediately see, though, that everyone is nicely dressed, and the server explains to them that everyone dresses for dinner, and then uh, Snidely adds that in their cases, they should dress for all three meals. Yeah. yeah. That guy was soup to nuts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That guy was an asshole um, in general. For one, it's like he says that as if you fucking idiots. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like he just has such a a condescension in his voice when he's telling them Mm -hmm. that, you know, they are supposed Uh to dress for dinner, um, which I didn't like. No one told him that. I mean, they only saw the two people. And both of them were naked. <laughs> and it was not a dining room full of, like, uh, models, okay? It was a dining room <laughs> full of average people. So to then also kind of take a shot at their appearance yeah. at a nudist colony yeah. or nudist you right, know, yeah. optional yeah. resort. I mean, the front desk guy, he knew it was all new to them. He could have laid that the ground rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't a fan <laughs> of that dude. Yeah. But um, yeah. uh, I thought it was a funny bit, though. Embarrassed funny... by this, of course, they start to retreat back to their room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that guy was a... A dick. Yes. We'll say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, don't be wrong. I wouldn't jerk. necessarily want to eat around a bunch of naked people, nor would I want to be mm-hmm. naked while eating anything that was warm or, you know, or hot. Um, yeah, they could have some, like, soup or something. And yeah. So sculpt your bits. You wouldn't want, like, a naked dude bringing you your food or naked, you know. Yeah. There's just a, I don't know. There's probably more fibers and shit that fall off of clothing than that would fall off of body, but there's mm-hmm. just something about it. What's well, the principle that would be of the matter? Pretty. It's like at the end of the meal, what do you do? You know, take the napkin off your lap and rub it on your mouth. <laughs> 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 Hadn't considered that. Solid well, I, point. I, maybe in a situation like that, it's it's considered okay etiquette to leave your napkin on the table. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you pay real close attention to what side is on the bottom of the napkin versus the top. <laughs> So, so it's like you have like one side maybe has a little label like private side down right. or something like that. <laughs> Crotch napkin. Mm. No one but. laughed at that. That was that was a bad one. Sorry. No, it's mm-hmm. fine. It was bad. You it was bad. Keep, you got to keep it going until uh. it meets its unnatural conclusion. And then push it further, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. We flash back forward. Uh, Blanche says that, you know. They shouldn't just sit around the house depressed. I guess she's got lots of options because, you know, last time she said something too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they don't have dates. Uh, Rose then suggests that they go out together. and They don't need the guys to still have fun. Mm-hmm. Blanche kind of dismisses this idea, even though she was the one that suggested they, you know, don't be sad. But Dorothy agrees that they should go out. She then asks Sophia if she'd like uh, to join them. But Sophia, you know, tells them that she can't as she's actually waiting for a date to pick her up. Mm-hmm. Dorothy uh, does not believe her and thinks that she's just saying that to make them all jealous. She presses her mother asking uh, who she's going out with. Sophia, though, is being very secretive, says that uh, Dorothy doesn't know her, or know, know him, rather, says he's out of ta- from out of town, and that they can't uh, tell where they're going for security reasons, mm-hmm. which seems suspicious, right? Right, yeah. Uh, when Dorothy dismisses the story as completely false, Sophia comes clean and says that she's going out with Julio Iglesias. Mm-hmm. Which was probably, he was probably huge back then, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the mm-hmm. time. I mean, uh, we all recognize his name. Yeah. Back in the 80s, he was probably even bigger. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and especially in Miami, I'm sure he would have been even bigger as well. Yeah. So. Biggest celebrity this side of Kent Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> Almost Burt Reynolds style, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he didn't have his own dinner theater, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> still. <laughs> Gloria Stefan. Yeah. Biggest her, you know. Was uh, Enrique Iglesias, was he alive in 89 or whenever this was? I don't like How I don't, old is Enrique? Oh, I don't know, fan. I'd have to look that up, yeah. or, or you can if it's that important. No, nah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> well, you got time if you want to find him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she says that, you know, she had met him at the senior center, and he uh, liked her spunk. Mm. Uh, the girls don't believe her, <laughs> which I guess makes sense. And Dorothy tells him that, uh, go ahead and make the reservation for four, that she'd eventually admit the truth. Uh, Rose asks what uh, the big deal is about Valentine's Day anyway. Oh, Blanche responds that it's the most romantic night of the year and that and brings up the fact that George proposed to her on Valentine's Day. Right. Completely changing her prior story, I believe. Yeah. Because um, it wasn't the prior story. It was, it was like behind that tree. I think so, yeah. That they, like the car had broken down and, you know, he proposed behind the tree um, but had like it was a fake breakdown. I mean, he had all the stuff set up I don't up remember if there. that was a proposal or not. I, I think that was, was just a special... Dinner he planned for him. Uh, that could be the case. Maybe I'm misremembering. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I could be misremembering. 
So Enrique was 14 at the time. Oh, okay. So he was born in 1975. Mm. I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah. I didn't either. Nor did I realize that him and Anna Kornikova have been together for over 20 years now. I don't know wow. either. Good for him. I know. <laughs> but uh, she's probably my probably the second most attractive ladies tennis player. So Who do you think is number one? Jennifer Mart- Capriotti. Oh, I was trying to go with Martina. Oh, <laughs> never Tolova. <laughs> yeah. she, she rounds out the top three. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that there was a time when I was really into... Ladies tennis? Well, when I was into all sports. Like, I used to be, you know, probably like that time in between, you know, getting girlfriend, uh, girlfriends or whatever. Like, where I would watch a lot of late night um, ESPN. And so, like, I would see bowling uh-huh. and women's tennis and, uh-huh. and things like that. Things that weren't, like, the, the most prime time. Now, of course, women's tennis is much bigger now. Yeah. I'd say it's probably arguably bigger than men's tennis at this point, or at least on par. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was... Yeah. So, oh, par is golf. Yeah. <laughs> 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 See, apparently you're a big sports fan, too. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, played, uh, very knowledgeable. We played miniature golf while we were in Florida. Oh, yeah? I hit par for the very first time in my oh, life. Oh, did you? Yeah. Very nice. So did you win the game? I did. Oh. I did. Did you rub it in, rub it in your daughter's face? Mm-hmm. I did, <laughs> and she brought it up um, out of the blue yesterday, actually. Like, oh, you hit par for the entire course, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, well, that's uh, pretty uh, good. Holes, yeah. So you thought he had never hit par on even one hole in his entire <laughs> life? <laughs> I, it could be really bad. I mean, on a putt putt course. Well, it, <laughs> no there's way. levels of putt putt though too. Well, that's I, true. I like, that windmill is not regulation. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine you going off with your club, just beating the shit out of a <laughs> fake, you know, gorilla. <laughs> that's way his hands up and down. <laughs> I um, I was um, there's a mini uh, putt putt place uh, there in Franklin, uh, Rascals. Okay, yeah. And they've got that um, I don't, what is it um, what's the thing? It's um, oh, what's the word? Fiberglass. Oh, okay. You know they've got a fiberglass monkey there. And um, I was there as a teenager, and this guy, uh, this dumb little buddy of mine, whatever, you know, put the putter between his legs, so he had like a giant wiener, <laughs> and he started like anally assaulting that fiberglass uh. gorilla, <laughs> and he I just. Which is like funny enough, you know. If and he didn't have a phone at the time to, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to capture the event. But the fact that he was screaming at the fiberglass monkey, I'm an animal trainer, <laughs> just <laughs> was the funniest <laughs> thing to me. <laughs> I don't know why I enjoyed that so much, but just the fact that he's like, I'm an animal trainer. Like, like he was training him. Yeah, like that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all ties back, doesn't mm, it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so um, but I'm sorry, you were playing miniature golf. Or, I don't think I didn't. You were watching the Ocho. I just that I remember having various, uh, you know, female athletes that I was enamored with. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's been 25 years ago or so. Yeah. Um, so I don't remember which. Uh, I don't remember ever having the same um, preoccupation with Anna Kornikova that mm-hmm. she received in a lot of other places. Yeah. Part of it was that she was o- only an average pro tennis player. That never uh, bothered me. I was always so. completely sold. <laughs> But I don't know. I guess it's something that I, I like people that are at the top of their game. Really? <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> That's why I'm friends with you two. That's right. <laughs> so how many Oscars has uh, Rosario Dawson won? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, all that stuff's subjective, okay? Sports is not. Sports, there's a winner and a loser. Uh-huh. There is not. Uh, it's not nearly as subjective as uh, acting okay. qualifications. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. So uh, on with the recap. Sorry. Yeah. No, that was a great sidebar. That was, uh, so, yeah, so what Blanche uh, launches into a story about uh, Valentine's Day many years back. Uh, we flash back. We see Blanche sitting at a table in uh, the same restaurant where George had proposed to her. Mm-hmm. And a waiter comes up, and she has you know, two glasses sitting there. And she tells him to go ahead and pour uh, two glasses of champagne and explains that uh, coming back to this eatery each year has been kind of a tradition. And since her husband George has passed on, mm-hmm. she's now going to just come here alone. Mm-hmm. As a memory type thing, and the poor went out for him, right? right. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine she dumped on the floor later on, right? Yeah, exactly. no, actually, we know she doesn't. Never mind. A man sitting at the <laughs> bar, though, <laughs> overhears and uh, turns to Blanche, telling her that you know, how romantic it is to propose over champagne. Uh, clearly nervous, he says that he's going to ruin his whole night. Uh, Blanche asks if he was planning to pop the question too, and he admits that yes, he was, but now is having second thoughts. Blanche told him that he should definitely still go through with it. And that she can help coach him through with some romantic uh, words, things that George had told her. All right. Uh, she admits that each couple is different, but love is universal. He's quite a few years younger than her. 
Uh, she sits him down at the table and uh, sweetly explains how her husband proposed, which I thought was a pretty sweet little story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, kind of looked her deep in the eyes and said, hey, you spend the rest of your life with me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the man thanks her and says that you know, she's right and he's going to continue with his plan. Just then, another man walks in the door and the gentleman next to Bland stands up on the table and says, Victor, we should get a table. I have something to tell you. And then uh, Blanche, you know, turns to uh, the, uh, he walks over to Victor. Mm-hmm. Blanche looks over at the, uh, or he, first he gives Blanche a thumbs up. Right. And then goes to Victor. Blanche looks over at the bartender and says, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe some things do change. <laughs> yeah, it was an odd little story. I mean, I thought it's, I, I like that the Golden Girls continue to try to, you know, mm-hmm. push that narrative forward a little bit. But it almost put it in like a negative light, which was. I, I don't know if which, it did. I mean, I, I felt like it. it it, it had it a took sweet an unex- side, but it's... Well, I thought it took an unexpected turn, but at the same time, I, don't, I wouldn't say that it took a negative turn. I, yeah. I don't think that Blanche acted like it was negative. She's like, oh, I guess some things do change. You uh, know? Yeah, I so. just I thought the way she said it had like a, like a negative connotation. Mm. But maybe it was just my interpretation of it. Yeah, maybe it's just because you're such a homophobe. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, that was pre-Clayton. So yeah, that's she true. wasn't quite as evolved as she currently is. But no, I thought she... she she did not seem to me to handle it mad, in no. any homophobic kind of a way. So I yeah. thought it was a, you know. Yeah. She handled it better than I guess she did Jean. Yeah, that's true. Um, significantly better than that. Yeah. But. Um, or, or her daughter. She yeah, was all cruel, too. Well, yeah, that's, well, a, yeah, that's a different issue. But yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're talking about Blanche's treatment of others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so George, though, you know. Like, do you think George was like, yep, I'm going to make an honest woman out of Blanche? Like, like, that's a risky bet. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you mean that just the idea that you think you could do it? That it's yeah, impossible? Like, exactly. It's like, yep. I'm Maybe it was a bet. One and only, and she'll be true blue to me. <laughs> I don't know. I think that it's something where, number one, you look at like, okay, at least on the surface, the woman who has very Southern values, you know, so you feel like, okay, mm. she can be wild as she wants, but she's, you mm-hmm. know. You know, got these uh, very Mar- southern values. Marriage is important to her, right? You know, not that southern people are any more or less likely to, you mm-hmm. know, have infidelity, but there's the perception of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so maybe that would be his thought: is like, yeah, she's, she, you know, she plays the field now, mm-hmm. but she's the kind of woman that once the rings on her finger, she'll, mm-hmm. you know, completely be devoted to the one. Well, man. Well, did they ever so, say yeah. how long they were together before he proposed? I don't think it was a terribly long time, yeah. but. And it could just be too that he was so enamored with her that it didn't matter, you yeah. know. If, uh, well, we we already know, you know, she's had lots of boyfriends on the show. Mm-hmm. How many people have proposed to her? Um, At least two or three. Yeah, several already. Yeah. And I think she's talked about others proposing to her before George did. So, yeah, yeah so she's had plenty of opportunities. She almost got married uh, on Christmas, right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> to the old guy. Like, yeah. I say old, but he's like our age. Right. <laughs> Still gross. But she was a teenager at the time, so changes things. Yeah. Um, so we flash back to uh, present. We see Rose telling Blanche that it was a lovely story and asks if the man's girlfriend ever actually showed up. Uh, Blanche and Dorothy both give her kind of like a hopeless look, like, ah, uh, she'll never get it. Dorothy adds to Blanche uh, that Blanche is right. Some things never change. Uh, Sophia tells the girls that uh, she better start getting ready as her date will probably be arriving soon. Right. Dorothy still protests that she's pulling their legs. Uh, Blanche remembers a time when they were all getting ready for a Valentine's Day cruise. <laughs> the girls, clearly remembering the event, begin to laugh together. Uh, then we flash back. We see Blanche, Rose, and Dorothy all at the store buying some supplies for the trip. Dorothy states that they have the sunscreen, some chapstick, and uh, quite a few, uh, they, I think, tawdry romance novels. Mm-hmm. Blanche points out that uh, since they are all going on a trip with uh, male companions, it might be a good idea to bring protection. Mm-hmm. Of course, Rose asks what kind of protection, and Dorothy responds, armed guards. Yeah. I think she says armed Pinkerton guards, mm-hmm. which I had to look that up because I didn't know what that is. Pinkerton is a, uh, a private security firm. Mm-hmm. Which, did you guys know that? Yeah. Had yeah. you heard yeah, it I before? Think, I think Alan did a deep dive on the Pinkertons, didn't you? <sighs> I don't did think you? so, I but I, I know that w- I think it was something that was discussed more in depth than other references. Gotcha. So. I had not remembered that. Yeah. But anyway, she said uh, armed guards, of course. Then she points to mm-hmm. a uh, kiosk in the middle of the store, a little shelving area. Mm-hmm. Uh, after several incorrect uh, guesses, I think she says a Nestle bar <laughs> or and some other stuff. 
and Dorothy loudly yells that she's referring to condoms. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was condoms, that, Rose. Condoms. Well, it was that leading into my favorite line. But yeah, condoms, Rose. Condoms, condoms, condoms. And then the store mm-hmm. clerk was like, "Calm down, lady. You just get out of prison." <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite line of the episode. Uh, the girls huddle up and admit that it's a good idea, but that uh, they are a bit embarrassed to buy them. Sure. Uh, Blanche reassures them that it's a private matter. The people working there are professional. Uh, they all grab a box of their own preference, I guess, mm-hmm. and hand them to the cashier, who then immediately picks up a microphone and announces that he needs a price check on condoms. Right. <laughs> this is exacerbated when the price checker hollers back with questions about you know, what type <laughs> they're getting. <laughs> the cashier very specifically explains the types they're buying and who is buying which type. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that. Just the King George brand. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. I thought it was really. Or is it King George? It was something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. King Ralph. Or it was something, but it Has was. Have you guys ever even heard of that brand? No, and I, I, I don't think any of them were probably real brands. Were yeah, they? it wasn't because I Googled it because oh, okay. it just made me. I was even more. See, I have sold that it was probably real because they just talked about Nestle Crunch or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know though because they were making a joke out of it. Um, yeah. More so than the Nestle Crunch. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. They were pricey too. Like the same price as like a loin of pork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it might have been the same store, so maybe they just have traditionally uh, priced uh, items, you know? Well, hey, listen, when you're buying a loin of pork, you want something to protect it. Everything's <laughs> five and a quarter. Yeah. It's a cheaper option than armed guards. Right. It is true. true. It is true. I'm sort of conflicted. Obviously, like with Dorothy uh, being Catholic and Rose being Lutheran, mm-hmm. you know, they're more sperm is sacred than Southern Baptist Blanche, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't know. It just, I, I would have liked for them to have just a whole discussion on, you know, synergism or whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I maybe in a if it wasn't a clip show or not a clip show, but a um, like anthology, anthology show, yeah, yeah. then they could have had more time to discuss yeah. their beliefs <laughs> on reproduction and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I, and I don't honestly know all of the various. Uh, well, they're they're all forward thinking gals. Um, yeah, <laughs> even Rose, who is definitely more of the uh, traditional than the other two, I think uh, definitely is forward thinking. Well, and, and also I think all the religions would still be like, oh out of wedlock it's not what you're supposed to do anyway so mm-hmm. yeah if you're already committing one sin what what's the <laughs> what's you, the harm of the next sin? have you heard of soaking soaking yeah Mm-mm. i learned this the other day apparently there's some i don't know scuttle or hubbub whatever within <laughs> the within the mormon community all right as to you know how bad it is you know, like if it's a sin or not. All right. So apparently, um, within the Mormon community, <laughs> I am really curious as to where this is going. <laughs> the youths, you know, they're not allowed to have the premarital sex. Okay. Okay. So they're doing something called soaking. Okay. Which is, you know, um, you know, vaginal penetration of the penis, but no thrusting. Oh, okay. So <laughs> you just pop it in and let it soak, <laughs> and then you pull it out when you're done. And they feel that, you know, since they're not thrusting, it's not a sin. Okay. And so everything's hunky-dory with the Lord. (laughs) But the church elders are like, like no, (laughs) maybe you hit the the letter of the law, but not the spirit. Yeah, I think that kind of goes along the whole thing of like, oh, if you have anal sex, it's not a sin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I think that if you're following the the dogma of the church, Mm -hmm. then yeah, I I don't think that workaround really. (laughs) So if you think that that's what God's really watching. Uh-huh. I don't think he's gonna be like, hey, "You got me. Nice job on the technicality. <laughs> exactly. Welcome in." <laughs> exactly. I think the devil's the one who'd be looking for uh-huh. your craftiness. Like, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Those clever kids. Yeah. That's exactly what I was looking for. Um, yeah. But now to send him some of my cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, had, had we come to the conclusion is that a pot that, joke. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the devil's lettuce is also another version. But. See, I didn't catch the reference either. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> I, like I assumed it was something, right? <laughs> you just like the idea of the devil sending cabbage to somebody. <laughs> I honestly do too. I think that's actually better. <laughs> exactly. It's like where's the corned beef? Um. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Fucking 
Protestants. <laughs> <laughs> I do think we should just start making it more expressions, though. No, yeah. You mean like in this podcast? Exactly. And, well, we tried a little bit and really did a half-hearted job of it with the Davenport. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Wasn't that first like, episode? Yeah, I think Spend so. time on Satan's Davenport. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sure, though, that we could come up with a couple things. Um, but I think it has to be natural. You know, I think mm-hmm. that if we say it naturally and then we have to remember it to mm-hmm. continue to insert it from week yeah. to week. I think us trying to come up with something just doesn't work out. Yeah. So not enough synergism in that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so the girls synergism. are <laughs> the girls are clearly mortified by the synergism. You know, by the synerg- <laughs> by the uh, the announcement. All right. And the entire store is uh, actually staring at him kind of judgingly. Mm-hmm. I think they're judging the store clerk more. I would I mean, be. Why the hell would you charge an extra dollar for it being black? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is just highway robbery. And uh, That is just fetish shaming right there. <laughs> I don't th- I think that all fetishes were shamed back in 1988 or 89. <laughs> <laughs> at least they were at the Bigly Wiggly. Yeah. <laughs> Publicly, publicly, mm. maybe not so much in private, right? Right. But uh, she explains, oh, Blanche uh, grabs the microphone from the uh, cashier and snaps back at the crowd that's staring at him, explaining that, you know, they're not going to be embarrassed and they're making a responsible choice. Right. And they're adults. Mm-hmm. She asks the girls to back her up and Dorothy kind of leans into the microphone saying that she does not know this lady and then runs out <laughs> and then Rose quickly follows behind her. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, the sex itself isn't a sin, you know, but it's the fact that Rose knows it's going to kill a man. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the part it, they need to be. She goes through with it anyway, part. right? Exactly. It goes to becoming from, um, you know, accidental manslaughter to premeditated murder. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Guns don't kill people. Rose kills people. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the present, Dorothy states that uh, she was never so embarrassed in her life. Uh, Rose t- uh, says it turned out to be a great cruise, though. Mm. Blanche kind of disagrees as uh, she says she never got to use her condoms. Surprised by this, Rose says, well, I used all of mine. <laughs> and that at night she filled them with uh, water and threw them at the uh, limbo dancers. Right. I guess from like maybe an upper deck or something. Yeah, like, maybe. I don't know how you would do that. And You walk how- up to the line and just throw them at them? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I guess that'd be a way to win. <laughs> and, and I have seen people fill condoms with water. They would not burst. They'd just bounce off people. <laughs> so just knock them down as they're <laughs> trying to limbo. Depends on how much water you put in there. You yeah. could probably knock someone over. <laughs> I guess it depends on if you got the magnums. Well, she got this extra sensitive, so maybe oh, they're okay. extra thin. thin yeah. They could burst easier. I don't know. No, uh, she got the black ones. That's true. The other two got the extra sensitive. No, they got the lambskin. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> I don't think they make the lambskin anymore, do they? I don't think so, but I don't know for sure. I mean, I haven't needed to buy a condom in many a year, so. I have not either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The doorbell rings, and Dorothy wonders who it might be. Sophia says, oh, it's probably my date, and rushes to answer the door. The girls follow behind her into the living room. Sophia opens the door, and the girls' dates are all there. Uh, They had worked with Sophia to plan a surprise for the girls uh, and told them they were heading out for dinner and dancing in a limo. Uh, Blanche asks Sophia again if she'd like to join them. Uh, Snidely, she uh, reminds her that, hey, I've got a date coming myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I think she says, you got, I forget what she says, something in your ear. Do you guys remember what she says? Mm-hmm. Not oh. a flower. No, nah, it wasn't <laughs> that, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, she says, you know, I've got a date coming. The girls say their goodbyes, tell her thank you, and file out the door. Uh, Sophia then walks back into the kitchen. Uh, hears a knock on the back door, like a soft knock. Right. And then goes to the back and lets in Julio Iglesias. Mm-hmm. He used the rear entry so he wouldn't be seen, but Sophia points out that part of the benefit of going out with him is being seen. Right. Uh, he gives her a little kiss on the hand and tells him, uh, oh, she says that when they get to the uh, deli, which seems like an odd place to go for dinner for Valentine's Day, but maybe it's a really nice deli. Well, and also it would be someplace that the paparazzi wouldn't be at trying to mm-hmm. snap pics of Julio Iglesias. Probably. Uh, she says that she would like him to serenade her. And then they begin to sing together as they walk into the living room as we close out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice ending to the, to the episode. Um, long list of uh, guest actors. I, I really enjoyed this uh, 
this episode as far as the anthologies go. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the one thing I never liked about the anthologies is that I got a long list of people to talk about. Um, yeah. But, of course, we had Sid Melton as Sal, his fifth of eight appearances. Um, Pat McCormick was the clerk. 155 titles for him, uh, 53 as an actor. This is his only Golden Girls. Um, and uh, let's see. We had uh, Tom Isbell was the young man, 30 mm-hmm. titles to his name. This was his only Golden Girls. Uh, Wayne C. Uh, Durack was the maitre d' that I did not care for. <laughs> 26 titles for his young name. Young man, is that the bellhop guy? What's that? The young man? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because he looked um, just as old as the uh, guy in the desk. Well, with yeah. the porn stash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, for Wayne, this is his only Golden Girls. Now, he has been a waiter. Apparently, he's had 26 titles. Mm-hmm. But during his time, he's been a waiter on Fame, Empty Nest, Double Trouble, The Nanny, USA High, and The Major D on Sisters, Golden Girls, Columbo, Coach, and Everybody Loves Raymond. Nice. <laughs> so apparently, he has got Very typecast. A, yeah, a role that he is just known for <laughs> yeah. in the industry. Um, What's one of those things that, like, the fact that he's playing, like, you know, the waiter in 1989, mm-hmm. you know, that's fine. You're right. But then if, when everybody loves Raymond rolled around, he's an elderly waiter. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there's nothing to say that being, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with being a, uh, you know, you got you to pay the bills regardless of what age you are. would have made it to maitre d' by then. <laughs> so, right. so when they ask him, you know. You know, his friends say, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a waiter. <laughs> yeah. In Even, Hollywood. Right. <laughs> <laughs> On TV shows. Uh, that's what Hollywood needs, another unemployed actor. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, next up, we had uh, Michael Blue. Michael was the porter. Only 12 titles for him, and this was his only Golden Girls. Uh, Peter Elberg, he was the desk clerk who did not give them the 411 that he should have. <laughs> yeah. 116 titles to, for to him, with 76 of those being as an actor. Again, only Golden Girls. Uh, Michael J. Landon was Edgar, 35 titles for him. Uh, Joe Faust was Raymond. Was, was this before or after Highway to Heaven? Uh, I'm. Well, there's only 35. Oh, I believe it was a different Michael C. <laughs> or Michael Landon. Maybe that's why he has the initial in the middle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that. Good one. Then we had a Joe Faust as Raymond with 33 titles, and John Rice as Steve with only three titles. All three of those gentlemen was their only Golden Girls. They didn't have much of a line. Yeah. I mean, they were there yeah, for not, like what, maybe a minute? Yeah, even. Um, and then uh, John Harnagel was the mechanic um, who really needed his lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, 31 <laughs> titles to his name. He did have one episode of Star Trek Enterprise. Nice. I think out of all these guest actors, he's the only one that had appeared on a Star Trek episode, huh. which is unusual. Yeah. But again, only Golden Girls. Julian Dyer was the waiter. Um, 13 titles for him, and this was his only Golden Girls. I believe that was at the other, mm-hmm. like the. Yeah. And then uh, Bill Dana was a Papa Angelo. Mm-hmm. 136. Excuse me, 165 titles, 49 mm-hmm. as an actor, and this is his second of uh, six epi- six Golden Girls episodes. Yeah, um, I'm glad like, that they got him and Sal to come back recurringly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, his roles are a little odd because, like that like, character changes. It seems like over time, um, like his personality. You mean not his personality, but like who he actually is. <laughs> because, you know, he's um, he plays the role as. Angelo, Uncle Angelo, Papa Angelo. Like this one, he was Papa Angelo, but in other episodes, he's okay. the uncle. Um, oh, so it's I like, didn't got that. In mm-hmm. some episodes, he's her brother. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a different character, but it's, yeah. um, I don't know if her brother is supposed to be named after the yeah, father. Yeah, that's what I assume. So. And he looks like his dad. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things that, like, two things. Number one, I, I guess I'm glad they did that instead of, you know, having uh, B. Arthur play her own mother or <laughs> <Right>. play <laughs> Sophia's mom <laughs> yeah. again. But then the other thing is, like, all these guest stars this week, they're all dudes. Like, mm-hmm. they couldn't have had one waitress or, oh, I know. like, a, a lady working the front desk or something or yeah, as you, a bartender. For know. Valentine's Day, you know, it was quite the sausage fest. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. And then, of course, finally, we had a Julio Iglesias S himself, a mm-hmm. Spanish singer, songwriter, and former professional footballer. Oh, nice. So, Did not realize that, actually. Is football like American football or soccer? I believe soccer, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a pretty solid episode. One of my favorite anthology episodes so yeah. far. Um, how many slices of cheesecake did it earn for you, Ski? 6.5, and I had the same actual comments. It was probably my favorite compilation episode so far. Oh, and I'm kind of skipping around, aren't I? I guess we'll go ahead and do all of our ratings, then we'll come back to MVP since I've already messed up our rhythm. 
How about you? How many slices for you, Brent? Um, I'll give it six. six? Yeah. I went with 6.5 also. Um, I, like I said, it, I think a show that would end up as my very favorite of all time would probably not end up being an anthology, although The Way We Met is going to be a contender, mm-hmm. I think, near the end. Yeah. Um, but I still thought it was a really solid one. Yeah. Um, and then now, sorry, we're a bit out of order, but who is your MVP, Brent? Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with, um, yeah, I guess the store clerk the as store well. Clerk. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. That embarrassed him? <laughs> Who what? The one that embarrassed him? Yeah. That, like yeah. announced the condoms? Yeah, just because. Price the, check? Yeah, the King George. <laughs> like that. How about for you, Ski? I went with Sophia. I thought that was nice that she planned the little sweet surprise for the girls and then also landed a pop star. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she did do well for herself, but um, I went with Blanche on this one. I, I liked her, you know, the, the little one of her going to eat. Um, you know, oh yeah, where George had proposed to her. Her story was really kind of co- uh, you could tell she was getting kind of choked up at the end. Yeah, of that. and I thought she was funny. There was one uh, one line that uh, I think we forgot to mention that I really enjoyed of hers, where she said something. It was when they were in the nudist place, and mm-hmm. she's like, "There's probably lots of people that have much worse bodies than you and Rose." Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. they were like that was when they were walking down to the dining hall. Yeah, um, but uh, it, it was it turns a, out there wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, overall, a solid episode, um, a good <laughs> anthology. I don't think it'll quite be in contention at the very end for yeah. best ever, but certainly one of the better ones of this season, I think. Yeah, agreed. So, with that, uh, stay golden, Coco. Yay. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.